Just so you know, what you're about to hear from me is not what I was supposed to preach today. Um, we had planned several weeks ago for me to wrap up our series of the fine art of lifting a life and look at the life of Luke and how he was able to um, give us an example of giving up his life, his home, his job, and being about the work of building the kingdom alongside the Apostle Paul. And then this week happened. So if you want to talk about Luke, I got stuff to talk about. Okay, but um, we're not going to talk about him this morning. Uh, this morning we are going to kind of, I guess, address the elephant in the room that we've kind of been talking about even as we've been uh, going along this morning. And this morning we are going to look at the theme of what it, what it means to be blessed which uh, maybe as you, as you hear me say that, maybe the things that are flooding into your mind are things like, that doesn't sound any more appropriate for this morning than to talk about Luke. Um, but before we get too far into this, um, before anybody checks out, or if you've already checked out, if you could check back in for a second, I have, a really, I have something I, I want to make sure that it gets heard right from the get-go. Uh, I want you to know what I'm not saying this morning. I'm not saying that the tornado that struck our community and... Jefferson City and other areas. I'm not saying that that itself was a blessing. Okay? A disaster? Yes. Absolutely. A tragedy? Yeah, sure. A blessing? No. Um, Tyler and, and company up here uh, introduced a new song this morning, a song Another in, a, in the Fire, uh, which uh, just, I, I thought it was kind of cool. We had that set list that set of songs was put together like two months ago. Um, and I don't know about you, but I felt like those were very timely songs for this morning. Um, I'm, I'm thankful that, that, that God led us toward uh, that particular set of songs to sing together this morning. Because um, I felt like those are good things for us to proclaim in the midst of, in the midst of a difficult time. But as we sing that song, uh, Another in the Fire, uh, it mentions several stories, and they really read the scriptures from, from some of those. But um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as they're walking down to this fiery furnace, they've been condemned, there's an angry king, there's these guards, they're carrying them down to the, to the fiery furnace, uh, furnace and, and what I would say they're probably not doing is saying, guys, let's take a selfie, hashtag blessed. Like, No. They're not feeling very blessed in that moment. It's not a blessing to get thrown into a furnace. Being saved through the fire? You betcha, that's a blessing. Moses and the Israelites, they finally get out of Egypt, and they find themselves standing in front of the Red Sea. They turn around, and oh look, mountains, mountains, army, and a Red Sea behind us. Hashtag blessed. No. They're not feeling blessed in that moment. And we have a little bit of what they had to say to Moses about it. Why would you take us out into the desert to die? They weren't really feeling like they were experiencing blessing in that moment. And yet, the Red Sea parts, they walk through on dry land and see their enemies have the water collapse on top of them. That's where the blessing's at. 
And so I just want to be absolutely clear that um, as, we, as we walk through this morning, um, and I talk about this idea of, of blessing and what it means to be blessed, um, I, I just want it to be super clear that I am in no way saying that, the, that, that what happened this week was in itself a, a blessing, um, that a tornado hitting our town is not, is not a blessing, it is a disaster. But there are blessings to be had on the other side of disaster and pain, of difficulty. There are, there are blessings to be had on the other side of that. Um, many of you know, because this is just kind of part of my, my story, that uh, when I was 16 years old, I moved from Nebraska to Arizona. Uh, that was a really formative thing for me. And so uh, maybe if you've heard me talk about that, uh, on multiple occasions, maybe you're saying, dude, you need like another life experience. Uh, but for me, that was a really, a really important and impactful moment in my life. We had lived in the same town um, for my entire memory, all the way back to age three. And so when, we, when I was 16 in the middle of high school, we, we moved. And that was, that was difficult. But the circumstances surrounding it were, were hard. There was, there was a lot of hurt and a lot, of, a lot of pain surrounding us, uh, surrounding it being necessary for us to leave Nebraska. When I, uh, around that same time, I, I'd gotten a guitar and I started playing, and uh, I haven't stopped, so that's good. Uh, but, but I got a guitar shortly before, in, in the midst of all of that, and so um, I very shortly after that started, um, started writing some songs of my own as well. And, uh, and in the midst of that transition, I wrote a song that was just simply titled, This Disaster. <laughs> and um, the end of the chorus of that song said, and things will never be the same in the aftermath of this disaster. Um, because that's exactly what I was feeling at the time. It was, um, and often we use... Storms, disasters, catastrophes is kind of a, a metaphor for life. Ours is a pretty literal one outside. Um, but but I, I felt like this was a pretty fierce storm in my own life. And at the time, when I wrote, and things will never be the same in the aftermath of this disaster, uh, at the time, there was, a, there was a whole lot of pain in that line. And as I think back, um, yeah, there was just a lot of pain in that line. But now as I, as I look back, as I look back 13 years later, I'm thankful that things weren't the same because I'm not the same on the other side of that. God worked things out in my life um, in, a, in a really neat way to draw me towards himself. I don't believe that I would be standing in front of you today had we not gone through that and made that move. And I'm thankful to be with you guys. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that the, the disaster that led to all of that was any less painful at the time. It doesn't mean that I look at that and say, oh man, what a blessing to see people turn their backs. No, that wasn't a blessing. But God created blessing out of that. I was able to, in the midst of that, I kind of found a, a favorite verse 
uh, at least at that point, and it's a verse I've come back to often throughout my life, and it's Romans 8.28, that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And through that situation, I clung to that verse. It said, God's going to do something in this. And I looked for it, and I, and I sought that out. I sought out the good in that situation. And God used that painful circumstance to draw me to himself. Which kind of brings us to the next thing that, that I want us to see, and that's this, that, that God blesses us through our needs. Matthew chapter 5, which actually Derek referenced a minute ago here, and I was a little nervous he was going to steal my thunder a little bit when he started saying, Matthew chapter 5, I said, hold on. Okay. Uh, so Jesus uh, begins his famous Sermon on the Mount with, with what we commonly call the, the Beatitudes, where he runs down this list of, of attitudes and the blessings that are associated with them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the gentle, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and the persecuted. And we look at these, this is not the list we would come up with. We say, what are all the ways that God has blessed you? Well, you know what? I've really been mourning a lot lately. God's really been blessing me. Man, my spirit just feels poor. Man, I'm so blessed. And yet, and I don't think he's even saying that um, that, that is the blessing, but that those are the things that lead to the blessings. The kingdom of heaven, comfort, inheriting the earth, filled and satisfied, receiving mercy, seeing God, being called sons of God, inheriting the kingdom of heaven. I can get on board with those blessings. And yet, those things come on the other side of, of need, on the other side of difficulty. We have to recognize our need for God, and he reveals how he fills those needs. Those who mourn will be comforted. And in the midst of him filling our needs, it helps us to know him better and more fully because that, that's a true blessing, right? Being able to know, know God more fully, that is a, that is a blessing. Let me, let me give this kind of illustration here. Um, your kids, especially if you have little kids, don't really know you. Let that sit for a second. Uh, I, I heard this recently, and it really kind of blew my mind. That you're, this, this guy was talking about how your, your kids don't really know you, or at least don't know about you. In a relational sense, they know you, but they don't really know most of you. He, he gave this example that, that he was at this, uh, this ministry that, he, uh, that had, been a really, had a really profound impact on his life. And he brought his son. He said, son, did you know, did you know daddy used to work here? 
yeah, I used to work here. Um, it was before I met your mom and before we had you guys and all that. I, I, yeah, I used to work here. And he said he could see in his son's mind just the gears trying to turn of like, hold up, like a time before you and mom. That's what? <laughs> like it was like it was the first time he was realizing that, that there was a dad, like dad was here before he was dad. And there was like, without mom, and there was just this moment of, whoa, I don't know anything about this version of dad. Like, I don't know anything about this guy. And I was, I thought about it with, with my own kids as well, and it's like, they don't know most of the people who have been so influential in my life, in forming me to be the person who I am today. They don't know that the teachers that I had in school, they don't know um, the friends that I hung out with in high school or what I was like in high school, which that's probably okay. Uh, but you know, they don't really know, they don't really know most of my life. They don't know most of what makes me who, what has formed me to be who I am. And yet, they trust me. They know me in a different kind of way. They, they know me just as their dad, and that's enough. Because comfort for them comes from being known by me and not by knowing everything there is about me. Because they are fully known by me. And they know from experience that I love them and that they can trust me. And this is how it is with our God we can't know him fully. We can't know everything there is to know about God. He's simply too big. And if you think you know everything there is to know about God, he's a little too small. But it means we should, we can, we should continue to strive to know more about him, but we can rest and have security knowing that we are fully known by him. And this is not a truth. This is a, that truth can be really kind of scary uh, that can be kind of a scary idea of like, he knows everything about you uh, or, or something like that. You know, there are children's songs that kind of can get a little creepy when you start thinking about God's watching you. And, but, the, but the reality is, is that uh, that's a, that should be a comforting thing because um, like the song says, the father up above is looking down with love. Not anger or condemnation. So we don't have to be afraid of being known by our God because he loves us. And being known by him brings comfort. And it should lead us to also want to know more about him. Every once in a while, Selah and Judah will, will ask me a question. Can you tell me a story of when you were a child? Or what they say when you were a kid. They don't say child. Uh, when you were a kid, can you tell me a story? Or, or things like that. Or they'll, they'll ask questions about things. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess you don't know about that. Yeah, let me, sure, let me tell you. And, um, but it, it leads them to want to know me more and know more things about me, to ask questions about things that I own that they weren't around when I got them. Uh, stuff like that where uh, a child... A child wants to know their parent. And yet, when, when is it that a child most desperately wants their mom and dad? When does a child most desperately cry out to be close to a parent? When they're scared? 
Daddy. When they're hurt. Daddy. When they're in need. Daddy. Just this morning, we were walking out the door and um, Sailor Trip going down the steps out of our house and skinned up her knee pretty bad. And it was immediate where she was, she was looking for someone to come and help because she was in pain. She was hurt. It's no different with us. We cry out when we are, when we are in pain, when we're scared, when we're in need. These are the times where we most often cry out to God. It's easy to see how difficult circumstances can actually be a powerful conduit for the blessings of God. Not because he doesn't want to reveal himself and draw near to us in the good times, but if we're honest, often in the good times, we aren't really all that interested. We're doing our own thing. Just like when my kids are running around, riding bikes, doing whatever, they, they're, not, they're not interested in coming and finding me and letting me know everything that's going on. But man, they fall down, boom. They're crying out. There's, there's pain, there's hurt, they're, they're scared of something. They, they draw near, and that's an, it's a natural instinct to draw near in those moments. Finally, uh, we are Christ's body, the church. This means that you and I are the means by which our God brings blessing to the world. So up to this point, we've kind of talked about how God wants to, wants to use these things in a way to, to, bless, to bless us. But the reality is that the Bible talks about the church as the body of Christ, and so if we, if we really are serious when we say that Jesus wants to bless people, well, how's he going to do it? How has he done it throughout the history of the church? He's done it through his people. And let me just say, I've been super proud of our church. Um, I, I think that's an appropriate Pride, if that's a thing. I know the Bible condemns pride, but I think this is an appropriate usage of that. That I've been super proud of our of our church and the way that people have have jumped in and and helped others out. I'm thankful for those who came and, and cleaned up the church property, put in hours and hours into that. Um, but I especially want to even emphasize the people who, um, to be honest, didn't do a whole lot of work on this property, but they were across the street, back behind, all over the place in the neighborhoods surrounding this property. That they were extending the love of Jesus outside of ourselves, having conversations with, with people and being a listening ear. I'm so thankful for all the, all the various ways that people, that people jumped in and helped out here and around the neighborhood and around town. I saw pictures from other people who uh, were, were posting cleanup pictures from different places. And I was, oh, hey, there's somebody from church. There's somebody from church. And it's fun to see God's people actively involved in, in serving and in helping the people around us. Helping clear out neighborhoods and clean up and all, doing it all in the name of Jesus. So... Seriously, way to go. Good job. That's what we should be doing. 
we should be the ones bringing God's blessing, God's, God's comfort, God's peace into the world. And so in the midst of a disaster like the tornado we experienced, it is important to remember that we are often the way that God answers the prayers of people when they call out to him. Actually, just had a conversation uh, this morning with somebody that was, was telling me that they showed up to help clean up somebody's yard. They said, well, how much, how much do you want to get paid? Nothing. A handshake and a thank you, I think is what he said. And, and the guy was just really moved by that. Like, I didn't know how this was going to get cleaned up. I didn't know where the help was going to come from. And, and I think that, that God very often uses his church, his people, to answer prayers. That when we move, it's often to, to fulfill the needs of those around us who are calling out and crying out for help. There is a, um, there's a story, you've, you've probably heard it before, so I won't tell the long version, I'll, I'll keep it short on this, but uh, there was... There was a flood coming in, and, and this guy was in his house, and he was praying. He was praying, God, please deliver me from, from these flood waters. And so um, a little while later, someone, someone's driving by the house, and they see him standing in the doorway, and say, hey, hey, come on, this is, this is the last, I'm the last car out of here, okay? Come on, let's go. He says, no, 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 it's fine. I'm praying. God's going to, God's going to take care of me. He's going to deliver me. So the floodwaters continue to rise, and he goes up to the second floor of his house, and a little while later, a boat comes by, and he says, hey, man, come get in, and let's, let's get out of here. Come on. He says, no, 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 it's fine. I'm praying. God's going to deliver me from this. And finally, the man ends up on his roof because the waters just continue to rise, and, and a helicopter comes, he says, sir, grab the rope and we'll lift you up. He says, no, 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 it's fine. I'm praying God's going to deliver me. Well, the waters continue to rise and the man eventually drowns and dies. And when he gets to heaven, he's like, God, I was praying. I called out to you. Where were you? He says, well, I sent a car, a boat, and a helicopter. What more do you want? And, uh, and often God answers prayers through, through people. And often, that's part of the blessing of being in Christ is that we get to be the ones who help be the answer to each other's prayers. There are going to be opportunities in, in the days and weeks to come of, um, of being able to collect some of the information from people of where there are needs. I know many people uh, have been asking about uh, what needs there are, and so um, I think that process is, I think, hopefully beginning already where we're going to be, um, be able to have a list and say, if someone comes and says, hey, is this a need? Or do you have a list of needs? We can say, yes, here you go. And so be on the lookout for that uh, so that you can be the answer to someone's prayers. So to wrap this up, uh, it, is, it is my hope that even through this particular disaster and this hardship, but also through whatever else life will throw at you, whether it's a literal storm or a, or a metaphorical storm, uh, that you will cling to the promise that God extends to the believer, that all things will work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Trust that promise and allow God to deliver 
the unexpected blessing of himself, a loving father. But also, as you, as you cry out for help, if you are in need, allow the church to be the hands and feet and the answer to those prayers. But not only on the receiving side, but also on, on the giving side, I hope that you will continue to look for opportunities to be the one with, with a listening ear and a helpful hand to others to demonstrate that there is a God who loves them so, so much and that they too can be a part of his body.